Hey, this is Patrick O'Reilly jumping in for a quick disclaimer in light of some recent events. We recorded this episode a little in advance to assure that our reviews would continue to post on schedule. As a result, I find myself in the uncomfortable position of needing to assure you, the listeners, that any baseless murder accusations leveled at the recently deceased were made entirely in jest. With that in mind, please enjoy our review of Saturn 3. We're on a mission from God. Wendy? So I got that going. Darling? Picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Light of my life. We enjoy your films. I am a human being. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Welcome to Vintage Video, where we'll be reviewing every major film release of the 1980s in real time. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. I'm Jesse Bayless. And I'm Richard Wells. And today marks the 40th anniversary of the release of Saturn 3 on February 15th, 1980. It was written by Martin Amos from a story by John Barry and directed by Stanley Donnan. It was released by Associated Film Distribution. And if you want to be technical, it was directed by John Barry for a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> And then it and was directed left. by Stanley Donnan. And then he left. And then he died. Oh. Yeah. He I was did. like, what? He left yeah. this movie to go work on uh, Empire Strikes Back and contracted meningitis and died on set. Ugh. Yeah. Which, you know, then some DP that was just like his like assistant ended up doing, being the DP for that whole movie. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Um, the budget here was $10 million. It made $9 million. So that's a million in the hole. <laughs> but I really think that the budget comes through with the crazy amount of set. Yeah, the, like set, the set is, is enormous. Every All the practical effects, I think, are phenomenal. I think all the opticals and the visual effects for space are terrible, which uh, is crazy because in 19, what, 68, 2001 A Space Odyssey right, looked right. incredible. Well, and, and two years prior to the making of this film yeah. is Star Wars. Right, and so they're clearly trying to, like hype that up and get that angle covered um i think it is important to note um i have like a whole little section prepared here sure go for it a little filibuster here um we're gonna pass this bill regardless (laughs) of how long you can talk obviously star wars changed a lot of things for science fiction and for filmmaking everyone wanted to get on the heels and get this sweet star wars money right now i think had john barry been able to properly direct this film which it is said that he couldn't like that he wasn't right. on set he it was his first time directing right uh but they they took it away from him and other production problems you know aside i think that this movie would have come out in 79 right and other movies that came out in 79 are alien star trek the motion picture and disney's the black hole All... so it would have looked better than two of those three yeah exactly well Okay, hold on. <laughs> no, Whoa, I know what you're going to say. Fighting words. We've had disagreements <laughs> yeah. about Star Trek. Star the Trek: The Picture, picture is beautiful. Uh, it's uh, but but where, where I agree with you is that it's a different look of science fiction. Yes, Alien is a much more gritty science fiction, and that's why it this made is it stand drama out. Yeah. mostly. Saturn Three is definitely more like the black hole yeah. as far as like campy science fiction sure where you're gonna have like robots and weird little legged landers and and these crazy spaceships that don't make any sense at all yeah uh what does physics have to do with yeah uh and and black hole also deals with a crazy guy on a space station with an evil robot which i think is funny that is funny uh so i think that the style of science fiction that they chose for this one was not the direction that they should have gone. Like, obviously, more should have. You gone. don't think it should have been like a psychological horror? You think it should have been? Um, I think it could have been a good psychological horror had it been edited together, and I'll get into that the editing later on. But I think that the whole style and visuals tone was wrong. Right. Okay. Uh, I, I think that, and and I think Star Trek would not have been the right visual tone either. That it, I think it needed to be more like Alien. It needed to be a little dirtier, and it needed to be a little more grit. But the set is incredible. The set is great. There's yeah. so many lights, and it's so big, and there's so many little things going on in details, and, and they run around it. Yeah, the running around definitely felt 2001-inspired to me, because mm-hmm. they do a lot of the exercise in the in the loop. 
and and I felt really bad for Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, she was running without a bra, and I wonder how many takes that she had to like. She's on a full run, like, yeah. and it's just like, ooh. As I'm a man, and I know that that hurts. <laughs> yeah, and it was funny when I first saw that John Barry was the director. I was like, wait, John Barry, like John Barry Orchestra, John Barry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but did all the James Bond theme? Not him. Um, different guy, but it's it's also kind of depressing to think that if john barry had gotten along better with kirk douglas that he would have been you know alive for longer yeah because meningitis is is a very like simple just contact causes death very quickly Mm -hmm. so it's like literally if he hadn't been working on empire strikes back he wouldn't have died right or at least not that way so it's just uh just a weird are you are you implying that a final destination scenario would have yeah, occurred yeah well that's what not... happens richard you joke but that's how the world works final destination every time you but avoid you're death blaming kirk douglas for his death kirk douglas murdered him <laughs> <laughs> and he's still around i mean yeah. we're, we're recording this right now but kirk douglas the murderer is still at large <laughs> if you see him please he report 60, he was 62 in this film 62 62, 62 in that movie and naked do you know how old Farrah Fawcett was? 63? 32. Oh, that's right. She 32. celebrated her birthday She's on set. 30 years younger than him. This is like, it's just another just like, hot. classic Hollywood tradition of mm-hmm. we could just put any young hot lady with any old dude we Well, can. at least the point of this movie is supposed to be that he's too old for her. Yeah. I guess. I don't even understand her backstory. Like, they, they, they go into She's it. She's never been to Earth. She's never been to Earth. But, like, where the hell did she come from? Because she wasn't born here. Because, like, at, at, space the, baby. at very first, mm-hmm. I thought she was supposed to be his daughter on this space station. And then that. She's a little young to be a, his daughter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, I, I thought Rose. robot. But it started getting really creepy if that was the case. I thought she was an android of some kind. And that's why she's just like like so spacey. Yeah, uh, we. Space. But <laughs> I remember we wrote a scene in like the seventh or eighth grade that took place in the seventeen hundreds, and I had a joke in there where someone said, "Oh, that's his wife. She's she's old enough to be his sister." <laughs> <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, Donnan was already producing the film and filled the role that uh, John mm-hmm. Barry left. Uh, I think capably. I, I don't think the directing was the problem. I think the editing was a big part of the problem. Yeah. And like I said, we'll, 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 we need to get through a little bit more of the story sure. before we can get into that. Um, but. And before we even get into that, Sean Connery was considered for the Adam mm-hmm. character. Michael Caine was considered for the Harvey Keitel Benson character. I think that could have been interesting. Well, they're much closer in age, which is interesting. Um, Keitel refused to dub over his voice uh, for fixes in post because they didn't like his thick Brooklyn accent, so they brought in Roy Dotrice. Roy Dotrice, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, do the that voice. makes me so happy. Yeah, I didn't know it was him until we looked it up afterwards, but that makes me so happy. Which I I mostly know Roy Dotrice through the Game of Thrones audiobooks. I only mm. know him through that. No, yeah. it's not true. He's he has like a million credits, yeah. and he's done a lot of things that you probably never heard of. But I the, think he also holds like a Guinness record for doing the does. most different voices on an audiobook. Yeah, for for the yeah for one of the game of thrones book he did 224 voices and that's the guinness book of world records oh my gosh but you know he's so great at these things because i so i was listening to the books uh that's in in one book he does that or over the course that was one i think that was over one book he did that many voices maybe i'm wrong maybe it was over the course of the series but i'm pretty sure it was a single book uh but i was so i was listening to the books in order and he did uh the first one the second one and the third one and then he wasn't available to record the fourth one. That's and I, right. And I started listening to the fourth one, and I'm just like, I can't do this. I, uh, I'm done. Apparently, I'm done with Game of who Thrones. Who are these I strangers? I love these books, but I can't listen to this other person read this book. And um, and apparently, I'm not the only one because he went back in 2011 and re-recorded it. So it had been previously right. recorded and released, and they re-recorded it and released his version of it, which it, thankfully I then found. And they actually had him play a character on the show too. I think they did. at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so you can get the complete Roy Dotrice series of Game of Thrones books. Yeah. And if you'd like to hear him recite all of Harvey Keitel's dialogue for this movie, go check out Saturn 3. Um, screenwriter Martin Amos uh, wrote a novel called Money, which appears to be a fictional account of the making of this film. And the protagonist, John Self, is playing the John Barry part. 
um, with Lorne Guyland filling the Kirk Douglas role. That sounds like a good like old school Hollywood name slash like masculine character. Um, it was nominated for uh, three Razzies for actor and actress for Kirk and Farah and for worst picture. Um, this is our second Razzie nominated film of the year. That's true. Um, what was the first one? Caligula? No. Uh, Cruisin. Cruisin was? Yeah. Interesting. Because you guys hated Caligula. Um, <laughs> Hector the Robot was eight feet tall and cost a million dollars, which was a tenth of the budget of the film. That's crazy. Uh, and it's, it took 20 people to operate. It's crazy to me that they bothered with like an actual like robot puppet thing that looked as as clunky as that is because they literally could have fit a person in that suit and yeah. just had it right around. Like, you don't need 20 people. Like, put somebody in there. Just have them walk around. Well, I, I think for a lot of it, it was a guy in a suit. But, yeah, for the parts where it wasn't, it's like, that was unnecessary. Yeah. But they get every every second out of it that they can. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, right as the movie starts, the first thing that struck me was the font that they used for the opening credits. Yeah. Which looks like the Indiana Jones font. That's exactly what I was like, thinking. When, as soon as I saw the first name, I was like, that name should say Lawrence Kasdan. Why? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's just it's just the Indiana Jones font with the mm. white outlines of black letters and right. Um, and and I thought that something was wrong with the audio because it's silent. It's until, completely silent. Like the third or fourth shot of the movie. Uh, and and I get it. You know, I guess space is supposed to be quiet. No one can hear you scream, from uh, what I understand. So I'm not sure that we watched the right version. There's because, a wrong version. Well, there was a there was a cut where a bunch of stuff was removed. A lot of stuff. A was lot. Removed. Well, yeah. From the from the list of things that were removed, it was a lot of content, uh, and everything that they listed in that list of content, I don't remember from the film. So I think we watched an edited version. Did we? Um, I I whatever version this is. First of all, the quality of it was great. Yeah, it was really uh, nice transfer. But uh, yeah, it it did not have any of the scenes that were described in that list. Uh, I think if we looked at the same list, we yeah. must have seen it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, and, I, and I can only imagine that that would have helped the story in some way. I wonder if I can find that other version. Um, we have Elmer Bernstein doing the yes. soundtrack here. He's great. Um, but most and, of his soundtrack was removed. Right, yeah. <laughs> and But there's a little bit like, I can, there's stuff that sounds like the theremin Ghostbuster-y mm-hmm. stuff um, in places. I loved the score. Yeah, I, I was I was super into it. That whole opening sequence with the with the spaceball launching. one yeah. like type opening with the spaceship flying overhead and this, this crazy score going on. I was like, this yeah. is great. I love it. <laughs> Although I was not thrilled with the weird satellite dish on the bottom of this spaceship. Yeah, it honestly looked like they painted it and it like melted yeah, a little bit, like, and they were just like, whatever, that's fine. We'll just say it's like part of the ship, and it's like. No, that looks like a wet paper plate. Take yeah. it off of the model. <laughs> it looks like garbage. <laughs> that needs to come off right away. I thought the same thing. I was like, it's not even symmetrical the way it's yeah, sagging. Yeah, it's like just all weird, warped. <laughs> Very weird. Um, but we start with all these little pods are getting launched out. A bunch of people are getting their assignments. Mm-hmm. And they're calling all the, the captains to their ships to send them off to uh, in various... De- it was a really awkward, like, if that's how you launch every spaceship with, like, a parade of people, like, mm-hmm. walking in, like, military lines to bring, like, your yeah. supplies to your ship and launch it. Like, it just seems very theatrical to get a spaceship launched. It was so awesome. Like, <laughs> I was so excited. Because it's like, it, 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 to describe the scene, it's like the, the it's like Patton giving a speech. So right. it's like right. this enormous image in the backdrop of the logo of this organization, which we never mentioned. Uh, but all these people kind of come up in silhouette and just stand up with like, it's like the. Like it reminds a, me of Bugs Bunny at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. Like it, it's just like this very flat, like stage-like thing happening. And I would have sworn it was like blue screen if there wasn't the reflection in the floor. Yeah. But when I was watching, I was just like, wow, that's actually like what is that rear projected? This whole wall of whatever this yeah, is. Yeah, that's great. Um, I was very confused to start with though. Because uh, I wasn't sure if this guy is actually Benson or not. He's not. Captain he, Captain the, Benson James is being called to his ship. 
Yeah. And they're getting ready in the locker room to go on their assignments. Yeah. And yeah. Benson's like, oh, well, you know, I heard you failed your right. all your tests because your you're exam. a crazy person. <laughs> but why hide the identity of this person who we don't know who it is only to have this reveal? Well, Harvey Keitel was a known entity at the time, at least. Yeah, but I didn't understand. I didn't understand what they were going for. Yeah. I, I as like it's like they're really taking their time to hide the identity of this person, as if we've seen this person before and we're supposed sure. to not know who it is. Uh, because there's no mystery, because the people who he reveals himself to don't know who he is either. Yeah, I, I was thinking this when we watched the movie that it felt like this she, this scene should have come at the end, mm. where oh, that you reveal that. Oh, it, it's the same as problems. Passengers. <laughs> yeah, it's the same as Passengers. Oh my God, Passengers would have been a fabulous movie yeah. if they had reversed what, the freaking edit. We were like halfway through the movie before I was like, oh, they they edited this wrong. We shouldn't have known that Chris Pratt broke her out until till the, the end. end of the movie, or at least like the, the end of the thing. second act. Ugh, they man. totally did this wrong. It was such a good movie if they had just moved that scene. Yeah, but um, and gave Andy Garcia a line. <laughs> but this is nah, before okay. Tarantino, so we do things. In the order they happen, we don't want to confuse the audience. Um, so, yeah. So, he, he's basically... He's being berated by Yeah, Benson is, is ripping on this person. He's like, oh, I heard you're a total psychotic and you can't go to space because you're too crazy. <laughs> How'd you even get here? <laughs> anyway, why are you in this... Why are you dressed the same as me in this room with me? Anyway, I got to go on my spaceship to my assignment because I'm not crazy, but you are. And crazy man sits down and like pulls the emergency lever, which just opens the ceiling of the locker room to yeah, the to cold expanse of space. And when it sucks all the air out, it pulls the guy out too. What is that lever for? What it's, is it uh, normally you know, used if for? <laughs> if someone farts or something in the locker room, you can suck it out real quick. But okay. um, but the part that confuses me more, there's so many things that confuse me about this. But he does. He's not like buckled in or anything he's just sitting in a he's, chair he's in the corner of the like room bracing himself. there's no reason he didn't get sucked out and the guy who did get sucked out was bracing himself by holding onto a metal bar mm-hmm. attached to a bench attached to a bench in the locker room and it's like why did he why did one guy get sucked out and the other guy didn't also why did he freeze instantly and then get shattered, get shattered. It and was... he hits a bunch of wires on his way out and he just explodes it like was... he was frozen it was like something out of cube yeah it did look like the beginning of cube <laughs> it's like this is I was like, I was like 100% on board with yeah. this movie at this point. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Very quickly gets on. It's like, no, no, no. This is a sci-fi movie with crazy murder in it. So get ready for that. Um, but so Benson has now been killed by Vincent, who takes on the role of Benson and is mm-hmm. Benson for the rest of the movie. Um, and they're heading to, uh, I had to, I had to phrase my notes very specifically, they called it an experimental food colony. It's like, is it experimental food? Or is it an experimental food colony? I think it's the latter of those two. Um, they're working on scaling up this uh, photosynthesis process so they can create, like, what is it? Like, plankton or something? Yeah, they're... Some kind of plant life that they're creating food. They're basically providing the food supply of Earth. Right. And they're they're supposed to be trying to find ways to accelerate that process because people on Earth are starving. Right. So starving, in fact, that they are eating now small domesticated animals. Right. Dogs. Yeah. Um, and so this, this is basically just a giant hydroponics lab that's been mined into the inside of a comet. Mm-hmm. Why we're doing this in the middle of space, I'm not yeah. clear. Um, I loved the effect of them going through the ring of Saturn. Because it's like oh, underwater. Yeah. It looked but like just like... a bunch of rocks laid in like a, a reflective pool. And yeah. then they ran the camera really close to above them and then they doubled that image. Yeah, and and they and the ship and, and they it it was either sped up or stop motion. There's like a couple of instances in this movie where I can't tell if it's just really sped up image or mm-hmm. if it's actual stop motion image but it had this kind of jittery effect to it mm-hmm. but yeah it, the way it was like moving between and you're seeing all these like pebbles and things clunking off of it and stuff as it's yeah. flying through it was like that's a really neat weird little effect uh i i don't know and how again, they did that. again reminiscent of the of the like uh warp scene in uh 2001 a space odyssey where just like weird images are like flying at you and right, flying right. away from you at the same time and um, 
but yeah, so we we ride with Vincent now Benson to the. Uh, you could have picked two more different names. That's yeah, a little that's true. confusing. <laughs> well, you want to you want to blend in well. You want to be able to answer to Benson very quickly. So it's a good thing his name was Vincent, because I would turn every time I heard the word Benson if I was Vincent. Um, when you're one of three people, yeah, <laughs> it's like Benson. Oh, that's me. <laughs> I think he's talking to you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, so <laughs> yeah, I even have the note here. Space Station has a weird melty plate under it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so they're in eclipse right now right. as he's landing on the ship, which means that they lose all communication outside of this right. specific for, tw- station. for like 22 days, right? Um, so they, uh, Alex and Adam. Uh, played by Farrah Fawcett and Kirk Douglas, respectively, lead him into the laboratory. Um, and he takes off his helmet, so they don't know what Benson is supposed to look like. So mm-hmm. this is Benson, as far as they know. And he's carrying all these heavy tanks that are just a bunch of robot parts. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of weird because like they they don't seem to have any knowledge of why he's there or anything. Like I feel like somebody would have told them, be like, hey, we're sending a dude up. He's going to do this specific stuff, and that's going to be good for you. Yeah, but, but instead it's just kind of like, a, he's hey, I'm here with the stuff. And they're like, what is it? And he's like, don't look at it. Don't yeah. touch it. No no contact. Um, so, yeah, uh, he talks to them for a while in their room because they're clearly living together in their separate compartment of the lab um but then uh adam tells alex uh because he's not intimidated at all by this the presence of this new man he's like oh take him to his room show him show him where he's going to be staying and so she walks him to his room and she says can i get you anything to help you sleep or and he says i'm probably just going to take a few blues and all blue dreamers yeah he's he's got these pills called blue dreamers to help you sleep but um it's not clear if they're just sleeping pills or if they're actually like like you get intoxicated in some yeah. way. They must. They must be something else, though. Like I mean, yeah. the fact that they're called blue dreamers, like dreamers, like implies that there's yeah. some hallucinogenic properties yeah. to these something things. And like the fact that. that, like, you know, she's really into like wanting to try one of these, yeah. and like the other dude's like, yeah, I've been there, done that. It's it's all right. I, yeah. I, I was trying to draw some biblical parables to to this, where it's like. Obviously, his name is Adam. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the big one. Right. And here is a woman who we don't know where she came from, as in... So she know, came like, from his rib, is what he, you're suggesting? Well, I'm, I'm, what I'm <laughs> suggesting is the, the what they were trying to do. And now here's here's this other person She's who's... tempting him. Yeah, trying to trying to convince him to, here, you try it. We should try this. We should do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to, that would obviously... The Blue Dreamers or the Apples. Yeah, well, that would eventually bring down Paradise. Right, but it had nothing to do with bringing down Paradise. And 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 in the Bible, there was a robot. <laughs> right, the Apatol <laughs> robot, Hector. About the, the well, robot. Hector is, like, from Troy, right? Yeah. 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 Which was just, like, he was, like, a big warrior or something. He was, like, the strongest. Something like that. Is there more to I, the I'm Hector not up story? on my Greek Well, mythology. yeah, I, I mean, um, uh, Paris... Uh, made out with Helen of Troy and took her away. Yeah. And Agamemnon was pissed, but was looking for good Agamemnon excuse. was Sean Connery, right? <laughs> uh, he was, actually, in Time Edit. <laughs> um, and uh, so they found, got the army, and obviously Achilles was leading the ground forces. Um, uh, I'll, I'll keep going. Achilles's, <laughs> Achilles's cousin was killed. He got pissed, and so he challenged Hector. He kills Hector and, like, drags Hector body around for yeah. a while. I'm impressed at your uh, Greek mythology knowledge. Where did that come from? Greece. Greece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he watches that movie on loop. Constantly. John Travolta was great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he offers her some of the Blue Dreamers and she's like, no, it's, it's cool, I'm good. And then she goes back and she's like, Hey, have you ever heard of Blue Dreamers? Are they cool? I want some Blue Dreamers. Yeah, but like Blue he Dreamers? tucked one Dude. in her pocket. Like he's a creepy little drug pusher. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's got no, uh, no, I don't want to say no diplomacy, but he's got no like uh, courtesy. Like he's just mm-hmm. very upfront. I, I say what I mean. I do what I. Yeah. He's on the spectrum somewhere, I think. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, he's psychotic. Definitely psychotic. Sure. Um, in the middle of the night, they hear 
of the dog barking because there's a dog on this ship and lately in these movies from the 80s the dogs fare very well <laughs> and uh so this the dog it turns out is locked in the lab again which is a common occurrence that the automatic doors because dogs don't have souls the doors won't open mm-hmm. to allow a dog to there are two people well now there's three people and a dog on this ship you think the lady could keep track of it yeah but she doesn't we don't know where our dog is there's only three people our here. dog is standing outside that door making a little jingly sound right she, now yeah, yeah you didn't hear that no, I, haven't, <laughs> I got my headphones on um but yeah uh so the dog was locked in the lab again uh alex in helping the dog escape goes to check in the capsule that benson left and tries to open it and immediately he's there on top of her like no contact and closes the thing up again and but he scares the dog away when he tells her no contact and so she's like following the dog around what's the dog's name like sally sally and she's like sally come here sally and he's like oh the dog has a name and she's like yeah never had a dog before and he's like yeah we just call them food we just call it lunch because um, that's what earth is devolved into and yet she's desperate to go there yeah it's like, like i don't understand her like they all they do is make earth seem like it's a horrible place people are starving well, maybe she's always wondered what her dog tastes like <laughs> She's I can't like, eat this one. It's the only one I got. Yeah, it's unethical for me to eat this I feel like she gets dog. a little bit of an opportunity later to find out what, and doesn't partake. Yeah, that's true. She does pass on an opportunity to eat this dog. Um, but yeah, so Benson starts building Hector. And he shows them that this tube that he wasn't letting them touch is literally full of like genetically brains. engineered brains. Brain matter. Yeah. But it's like the size of like five brains lumped into one big <laughs> clump. and uh, But it's empty. It's like freshly formatted mm-hmm. brain. And uh, and he's like, oh, so this is like a, a fully functional brain? He's like, no, no, no. This is totally useless. I have to program it. But he uses direct interfacing. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do that? And he's like, points to the creepy little, you know, Neo, Neo hole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a big uh, a little jack in the back of his neck. And, and he literally plugs a wire directly from the robot into this hole in the back of his neck so that it can understand what he's uh, the instructions that he's giving it and uh, then it sort of has an algorithm where it can extrapolate from there to kind of program itself a little bit mm-hmm. uh, he spends a lot of time building this robot yeah um, we, it's almost like a montage of him building it and Adam and Alex kind of having weird little conversations. They're they're kind of just going about their business yeah. while they're doing it but yeah they have little conversations um, there's a scene where he's throwing the globe well first of all they they try the blue dreamers my note was alex and adam split the blue dreamer for no reason (laughs) they they, there's no effect shown other than like they just have a long conversation afterward and i guess we're supposed to assume like oh they loosened up and had a conversation but it's like they've been talking this whole time um but i was trying to get a freeze good freeze frame on the layout of the globe that they're throwing back and forth Oh, okay. To see like if there's any like like any crazy discrepancies. Discrepancies. It's got a lot of weird little like on the continents. It's got like a lot of weird little colored things that are attached to it. But it looks more like indications of of information and not necessarily like a piece of the land. Sure. Has shifted or something like that. Nothing's underwater that didn't. Yeah. It, it didn't. It didn't look that. Was way. there a New Zealand? Uh. <laughs> it's very important. There's a whole subreddit devoted to maps without New Zealand. Like oh. People just leave it off of the map for some or, reason. Or did you see the, the one recently where in Russia where they called it Japan? No. They, they had Australia and then New Zealand was labeled Japan. <laughs> just right off the coast of Australia. Everybody knows that. Uh, so when Hector's up and running, he is definitely not the robot that I expected him to be. Yeah, I thought my computer at work took a long time to start up. Yeah. This thing, like, you have to sit and watch every tube fill with fluid. Like, <laughs> it has a whole cardiovascular system. Yeah, but then, like, the head is just this tiny, yeah. tiny, tiny little thing. <laughs> it looks like Johnny Five's face or something. Well, if you knocked the top of Wally's head off, like, that's what it looks like. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of weird because, like, I figured, I'm like, oh, okay, well, you have this weird little, like, you know, uh, you know, Pixar lamp on top of a of a robot because you have a man inside the rest of the robot and you're trying mm-hmm. to make it not look like a man because this thing is, like, hulking and huge. And I'm like, so you have a dude in there walking around and then you have, like, this really skinny little, like, you know, mechanical head on top to try to cover that up. But 
No, apparently the whole thing was just some sort of robot that took 20 <laughs> people to animate. Yeah. Uh, he he takes uh, the finished robot into Alex and Adam's room to show them, like, oh, look, I finished the robot. Mm-hmm. But when they first get into the room, there's, like, a sound being played by their speakers, which is just, like, a really annoying, like, high pitch grinding sound. Yeah. And when he walks in, he says, like, oh, you're, you're blinding him or you're blocking him. You need to yeah. turn that sound off. And so then they turn the sound off, and he walks the robot in, and, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, tell him to do anything. He could literally do anything. And they're like, pick up that flask, and it just bends the flask in <laughs> half and hands it to him. He's like, oh, I'm glad I didn't ask you for a handshake. And it's like, this never pays off later yeah, that it's clearly this specific sound that this thing not. makes will stop the robot in its tracks. Yeah. Uh, also, that the robot does not like being made fun of. <laughs> Right. Like the robot kind of like has like a an audio cue that it's like frustrated or angry, which is clearly something that it learned from Vincent Benson. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we see a little bit of uh, Adam playing chess, mm-hmm. um, and he's and he's playing against the robot for a while, and then Benson plugs into the robot and kind of controls him to uh, to help him uh, learn how to play the game properly. Well, and, and like I said, like this is one of those instances where I can't tell if it's stop motion or just they just sped up the film. To... It kind of looked like stop motion to me in this one. It was really kind of jerky. I don't know why when it's you... actually moving the pieces. I don't know why you would bother with you know filming some you know mechanical puppet and then speeding up the film. Like this right. is a little. Well, I guess because if if they couldn't make it move fast enough, yeah, I cause, guess because it's because it is literally just guys trying to grab hold of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it had this weird kind of jerky motion, motion to yeah. it, and I and I hate chess boards where you can't tell what the pieces are. It but was that's, very clear. But future which pieces chess are. is all about confusing uh, pieces. Yeah, because the game gets boring after a while, and then you have to mix it up by making the pieces look interchangeable. <laughs> they should all look like pawns, and you just have mm. to remember where they started. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the genius Ultimate person chess. Yeah. Chess. Um, yeah. Or, like, there's not even pieces on the board. You just have to remember how it started. Damn it, I lost. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, while they're working in the lab, uh, there's a laser cutting a rock in half or mm-hmm. something I like guess. that. And, uh, it's very important for food production. You right. wouldn't understand. Of course I wouldn't. And they're standing very near it. And it explodes. Presumably, they hit, like, a hot... Like, or like a pocket of water or moisture yeah, inside. Yeah. And it got hot and exploded and it blasts a tiny sliver of rock into alex's eye and then like benson freaks out and starts grabbing her head and he's yeah. like oh hector will get it out and she's like oh god no yeah no, no. I, I saw what i think did to a flask yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like tried to pick up a can yesterday and bent it in half it's actually a really tense scene i, w- I was just like oh i don't She's like, just get Adam. Adam can do with this. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like really upset, and it keeps like zooming in on the eye, like 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 um like you're at an optometrist, and it's like yeah. go, like flipping around the yeah, different lenses. Yeah, it's like ten times magnification, ten times magnification, and, and it's just like getting this little claw close. It's not it's not even like a fine tuned claw, like yeah. a, like a pair of tweezers. It's it's this is his normal. I wish it had just been hands. like a big like Lego hand, like <laughs> like the lost in space robot, just like. Argh. And just pinched, yeah. smushed her eye, and her head just explodes. I don't understand if like did Benson like intentionally cause this accident to happen because it feels like he w- wants to prove his robot's capabilities, but I don't know how he could have caused this to happen. I don't know that he could have. I also think that he's very hard to read throughout the whole film, mm-hmm. so it's hard to determine what he did on purpose and what happened by happenstance well i think we'll get to more of what he does a little bit later but i had a terrible problem with him throughout the film of i have no idea what his motivation is yeah i don't understand why he he... knew she was there and he was trying to get to her right so he he starts to become really obsessed with her yeah Yeah. you know and And so does hector because of the direct right but did she did he know like why did he go there in the first place why did he take kill this guy and take his place and go there like is he just because the guy makes it sound like saturn 3 is a shit detail anyway when they're in the locker room at the beginning he's like well you know i probably would have pretended i was crazy too if i knew i was going to go to saturn 3 it's freaking garbage planet i I think to me what happened was he got angry and he killed this guy and and we can kind of get that impression later on in the movie where 
he reacts You don't think violently. his intention was to replace him the whole time? No, I think that he he got frustrated and killed him. Although he is he's going into a locker. Suit, yeah. yeah, he's going into a suit. I, I think he was there with the express purpose. Like, he obviously entered this workforce mm-hmm. with the intention of doing this job and was upset that he didn't get the job. So this is just his reaction to having been told, no, you You're can't. not good enough. You and can't like, do this, so I'm no, I'll enough. find a way You're to do this. Enough. I'm going to go anyways. Yeah. So that was his sole motivation. So once he gets there, he doesn't have any ill will towards the people there. Like, what's his what's his motivation after he gets there? I guess just to do his job because yeah. he's crazy. When he gets there, his motivation is to do his job. But then his motivation becomes, oh, I'm gonna get this, get this girl? girl because mm. she's more attractive than I expected. And uh, yeah, it's really confusing throughout. Like, it doesn't seem really obvious what he wants. I would love to see like. The results of whatever test he took back on like the, at the space station where they're just like oh what did your computer program and he's like well this is um it's a dog sculpture it's like it doesn't look like a dog no it was sculpted out of a dog <laughs> it started as a dog it's uh, like the 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 employment test at blockbuster <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> hold on we're gonna have a, the conversation that benson has with the robot right they're a one-on-one he's which like, is weird because he's just talking to himself yeah it was it was frustrating me already that he's trying to talk to the robot and the robot's responding through text on the screen i was like mm-hmm. wait what year is this and the robots can't talk like robots could talk when this movie came out but yeah. he made but he made the point but yeah that immediately happened to answer my concern but i was just like already frustrated and then even Kaitel's like why aren't you talking stop texting me and talk this is dangerous you're taking your eyes off the road <laughs> um, I also, I don't know if this was the standard computer noise from back in the day. Yeah. But the sound of the text appearing on the screen in this movie is the same sound of text appearing on the screen in Alien. Oh, interesting. And and I don't, maybe that was just sounds computer made. Or maybe the they took it directly from that production. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but because I know a lot of the, the sound effects in Alien, like just in, they're burned into my mind because I've seen that movie so many times. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought it was a strange coincidence, but I don't know anything about computers from the 70s. Yeah. I think that his, uh, Hector's response, like, it, it was a little confusing to me when he's like, I'm not ready yet. Like, he's not ready to start talking. Yeah, because like, Hector's being very howlish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't quite sure if that meant that like oh you need to like download more of your brain into me or like I'm biding my time until I have something worth saying. Yeah, I think it's a little of column A and a little of column B. But he also at this point is texting messages like, "Oh, by the way, you're a murderer," and he's like, "What? No, uh, blank that, please." It's like, it's like, but he knows everything you know. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to blank that, okay? But you did kill a guy. And he's like, I said blank that, oh, please. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, my bad. Sorry, Mr. Killer. <laughs> sorry, dude. Don't kill me. Um, but, and he says, I'm not malfunctioning. You are. Right. Which is essentially the whole, the whole like, premise of 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is that Hal makes the point that whenever there has been an error in the HAL 9000 series, it has always come down to human error. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not me. It's you guys that screwed up. It can only be attributable to human error. This sort of thing has cropped up before, and it has always been due to human error. And it turns out the reason is because the people who programmed it built in this, like, subsystem that caused a problem. And that's exactly what's happening here, is that... At, while he's programming it, he's also infecting it with his psychotic brain disease, mm-hmm. and he's turning it into a murder bot that is obsessed with Farrah Fawcett's character, um, who in the entire movie is wearing almost nothing but pajamas mm-hmm. or nothing. Yeah, it's either pajamas or no clothes. Um, but yeah, so he keeps he keeps telling it to forget that he killed anybody. Um, and then, uh, and then the robot kills Sally. Yeah. The the dog is back in the lab, and uh, they hear the sounds of it being wounded. And Alex runs in to try and find the dog, and then finds its mangled corpse on the floor. Uh, probably because it inherited the idea that dogs are for killing and eating mm-hmm. from the robot. P- plus, or the only from thing. Benson. Uh, other than extracting pieces of rock from people's eyes, 
the only thing that these hands seem to be able to do is crush things. Right. Um, and because it even breaks one of the chess pieces when it loses. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just which that, it loses because it it can't see far enough ahead to understand a sacrifice play in a game yeah. of chess. Um, which foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike the last foreshadowing, the sound that didn't pay off. Right. Did um, did Hal ever play chess with them? Yes. That's a, that's a pretty common thing, I guess, with AIs. Com- though. Computers that play chess. I feel like that far in the future, no one's going to play chess with a robot. Because it's just like... <laughs> not even, not even in the thing. <laughs> when he dumps the... That's in the present, though, isn't it? Relatively. Yeah. Uh, 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 in Tron. Uh, but I guess that's supposed to be in the present, too. Yeah. It just feels like... You're, it's it's just RNG situation. You're just like, oh, did I set you for exactly my skill level? Because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to beat me. And if you're any less, then I'll beat you. And that's the end of the conversation. There's literally no way you're going to beat a robot at chess. Easy there, deep blue. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so the dog is dead. Um, <laughs> my dog is dead. Uh. Hector uh, is terrified by Alex running up to him. Uh, to she's just screaming about the dog having mm-hmm. been killed, and he grabs her oh, by the yeah. wrists and lifts her off the ground. Yeah, it seems like it would be incredibly painful. I don't like both in if that was reality and on set. Like she's dangling from his little metal arms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. by her wrists. And uh, Benson is trying to tell uh, Hector to put her down. But he's not listening to Benson, and he says, "You have to tell him, because the robot's in love with her, and he'll do anything she says." So he says, "She says, Hector, put me down." And then he he puts her down, and she had blood on her hands, and I don't know if it was from the robot picking her up or from the dog corpse. Uh, I, I I think it was supposed to be from the Sally juice. No, the from the, <laughs> from, the, from the robot like just squeezing her. Oh, uh, okay. That's how I read it, but yeah. Um, I, I I don't remember how close she got to the to the dog's remains there. Um, but uh, she runs back to her room with Adam to tell him what happened and then basically Benson is like hot on her heels and is like hey guess what we're leaving now we're gonna go to Earth yeah and because and I guess he kind of has gathered that she is interested in Earth because she keeps asking him questions about it mm-hmm. and uh, so he's kind of like come with me we're gonna go to Earth and uh, Adam's like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen right now. So do you think at this point that um, Benson, Benson realizes that the robot is crazy? Well, um, Benson knows, I think. Yeah. I don't yeah. think Adam knows yet. Because they no. seal it in the lab and it so starts clawing its way yeah. through the doors. It starts disassembling the door to get back. Um, but yeah, uh, right now, he, I think he knows that this, Adam knows that Benson is crazy. But, uh, no, I want to know if Benson thinks the robot's crazy. So he's like, he's like, I'm going to take the girl and get out of here because this robot's crazy. I, Let's I do just think go. that's part of it. Is he's okay. like, yeah, I they're right. I shouldn't have come up here, and uh, I'm going to take you, and we're going to leave now. He was just like, I'm not waiting for the eclipse to be over. We're going to get on a ship right now, and we're going to leave because I can't I can't fix this robot. Um, and uh, so he tries to leave with Alex, and then. He gets in a fight with naked Kirk Douglas. Well, that that, that that's coming up. Oh, okay. Uh, so the they overload uh, Hector when he goes to charge up. Right, that's right. Um, and then he tells Benson to dismantle Hector, which he does. But then there's this crazy reverse uh, footage of Hector reassembling. Putting himself back together. Yeah. Yeah. It, it took me. It's. I, I had to watch it. I watched it twice just to verify that it's. It's, it's definitely just playing in reverse. In reverse. Yeah. Um, but it's it's pretty clever the way they do it. Um, I guess whatever part of Benson is still functioning, Benson Hector, uh, well that'll become Both. blurred later. Yeah. Uh, that he's communicating with their older robots to have the older robots reassemble him. Yeah. Um, it's at this point that that's when Benson barges in and says, "I'm taking Alex." Right. And yeah. uh, and just. Uh, so at this point they don't even know that Hector is back together yet correct and uh, he tries to leave I was really confused when they said disassemble him and he disassembled and Benson disassembled Hector so like Benson's intentions were 
good at this point. Yeah. Like they weren't well, they weren't semi good, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess he, he still wanted, wanted to steal, steal the girl away. Girl, but like he didn't he like he he never intended for this robot to do anybody any harm. Correct. I think that's mm-hmm. true. He was just trying to do his job. Um, but uh but Adam is resistant and the two of them start fighting and they get each other in chokeholds back and forth. Yeah. Kirk Douglas is a 62-year-old naked man. Fully naked and straddling Harvey Keitel. Yeah. Um, he gets bashed over the head real hard with his tank. Yeah. And is he knocked unconscious? Um, I, I don't know if he's completely he's unconscious. He's at least dazed. He's, he's, he's down for a bit. But um, while that's going on, uh, Benson is able to get his hands on Alex and drag her down the hallway. Then- where they run headlong into... Hector, who the freshly reassembled Hector, mm-hmm. and uh, then he gets his hands on Harvey Keitel, yeah, and murders him. Well, uh, we don't, we well, don't, we, so Alex assumes that Benson is murdered here, right? We all assume that he's murdered yeah, here, his hand gets severed, right? Correct. Uh, and then Adam and Alex are crawling through some tunnels for some reason yeah and then just robot arms are like punching through the floor and trying to grab at them like they're in a crappy haunted house yeah this seems to be a trend i think in in films of this time too that you know like all spaceships are made of like crawl spaces with grates Mm. over top of them yeah i I don't know if this is taken from like actual ships or something like that because specifically alien or just all from alien well and they keep turning their back on hector and he goes where they? Where'd he go? It's like, well, why don't you just keep watching yeah. him? Keep an eye on him, guys. The ground above you, you can see through it. That's the whole point of it. Uh, they uh, they try to lay a trap for him. Uh, in the lab. In the lab with, I guess there's it's, like a tank of nitro. Well, but, but before that, yeah, they're in the they're in like the control center of the ship, and they're they're like they tried they they try to lock the doors, but you know, like we already know that he can get through the doors, right? And then. Uh, they co- he comes over like the inner Benson comes over the intercom system, right? Or at least what they thought was Benson, because they hear his they hear his voice. They're like, oh, like we thought he was dead, and like he's on this video screen, and he's clearly not dead. And then we cut we cut to like the mutilated face of of Benson, just been, like yeah. sitting around. on top of of Hector's little tiny robot yeah. head. He uh, he. Hannibal lectured his face on yeah and and so I don't know if the implication was that perhaps in this time Hector did a full download of Benson yeah I think I think they are combined now yeah um which is super crazy because that's the exact same thing that happens in black hole oh is it um the the he downloads himself to the robot well no the compression of the black hole merges the bad guy and the crazy robot into one consonant being <laughs> and they reign over hell. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it's such a crazy ending to that movie. I love it. <laughs> but I think that this scene is trying to is, is now establishing that this robot can basically do any voice that right, he's yes. heard. Like he could just mimic Benson even though Benson's now dead. Yeah, he's a deep fake robot. Yeah, because he turns away. Uh, well, I guess it was not turning away because it was just coming by to check in. Yeah, the, after the the eclipse is over, um, they're getting a check in from a ship that's like, "Hey, is everything okay down there? We're just checking in since you're coming out of eclipse." And in, using Farrah Fawcett and Kirk Douglas's voice, the robot is like, "Oh, yeah, everything's fine here. We had a little bit of trouble, but we're all good now." How are you? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> Boring conversation, anyway. Um, but then, but then they go and set to go to try to set the trap right. for for Hector by by basically pulling out up the floor panels, taking out the metal grating, which is like the structure underneath it, and like laying the the sheet metal or whatever is on top of it back over it. So like so he fall would fall through. through. Right. But for some reason, it's a uh, there's just water under the lab. It's, well, it's, it's liquid, liquid nitrogen because oh, they wanted to freeze nitrogen? him and break oh. him, but I don't know why they have a pool of liquid nitrogen. Under Be- because the because they, they got him into it before. He He's already fallen into it once. Right, and, but when he fell in before, he just... frozen. Yeah. Did they get him in it before? Yeah, Um. so... they Because they lay this trap once before, 
and he throws a rock through it to prove that it's a trap. I thought that was this time. Yeah, that's this time. No, this is a, there's a time they they do it twice, which is what's right, right, right. We're we're just at the first time here. So this is the time at which he comes and he yeah he he's chasing them and she's she's standing there as bait right and he comes up and you know starts to like uh they put go. a platform over it and he starts to walk forward but he notices it and he's like this is a trap he and he picks up a rock and, and throws it at it and mm-hmm. breaks the thing and then Adam turns on one of the other robots and knocks him into it. Right. And that's the first time he falls. Right. In. And then right. they run around some more. Right. right. Yeah. So then he comes out and he's covered in ice because he got so cold from the liquid nitrogen. Um, but he's still able to move and chases them around. Um, but then they're like knocked unconscious. Like first first they go up, they, they try to escape while he's frozen. Mm-hmm. But when they get to the surface, the ship explodes. Yeah, the, the which got like explodes. a genuine reaction from you. Oh yeah, I wasn't. When, I wasn't expecting that yeah, at all. Because they're right when they get to the surface, they're running up to the ship and it explodes on the surface. And they're like, "Well, I guess we'll go back inside." And they go to bed. <laughs> they sleep, and they wake up in separate chambers, and uh, the robot is talking to them and, and telling them, "Come this way. Come to the lab. We are going to come fix everything that you broke now." And uh, and threatens them like I'm gonna cut off your air. Yeah, you're gonna I'm, get hungry. This whole ship is gonna kill you if you don't do what I say. And this whole ship's a bunch of buttons. Yeah, and that's when when Adam you're nothing but a damned radio with doors. That's when Adam realizes that that he also now has the same port in the back of his neck. Right. That that Benson did. That the plan is now that he's gonna do what he did to Benson, which is suck all of Benson's knowledge out and kill him. And then put his face over Benson's face. And, and then Alex will love him. Yeah. It really would have been a happy ending if they didn't interrupt it. But on his way to the lab, Adam stops by the grenade department. <laughs> and he gets a grenade or some kind of explosive device. Um, and when they get into the lab, he basically tackles Hector into mm-hmm. the tank while setting the grenade on. Well, I, I like how he kind of goads him into like getting frustrated again. Though it's like it's like by the way, Captain, I'm a major, yeah. and and we are going to get back to work, but I'm still in charge here, right? Uh, Which and, is a reference to the fact that Farrah Fawcett is for the first time in her career not being credited as Farrah Fawcett majors. Yeah, <laughs> she just got away from a major, and now she's stuck with another major. Um, yeah. And so he jump tackles him yeah. into this tank, and they both explode and die. Yeah, and are frozen for preservation. Right. And then I guess she just leaves? She's like, I guess I will go to Earth. It sounded kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then it ends with, like, she's on a shuttle going to Earth. and with it's this really like, ominous music. Yeah, so like, wait, is she going to die? Is and, she going to kill people? And she's also headed towards, like, a black and gray planet Earth. Yeah, it's like, this doesn't seem like an ending that I want for her. Yeah. Man, um, I forgot to totally, totally forgot to mention my favorite part of this movie. If, what's that? If, if, I, if, if what I think I saw is actually what I saw. Oh, yeah. The robot erection was oh, the yeah. best part of this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's, so, there's, they're showing like the connection that well, yeah, Benson so in has the scene, to the robot. Yeah, so basically, you know, Benson walks into the room when when we're first kind of introducing Hector, and and Hector is shown mimicking all of Benson's motion. So like he raises his hand, and his and the robot's hand goes up. He taps his fingers, and he taps mm. his fingers. The robot taps his fingers, and then or whatever his claws. Yeah, and then uh, and then they're both looking at Alex and we don't see anything happen to Benson but then they cut to like this close up of like a robotic arm thing just like raising up slowly into the air yeah so you just kind of are led to assume that uh, he was mimicking uh, mm. Benson there yeah um, I wanted to play this clip of Farrah Fawcett on the Tonight Show in 1987 where uh, Carson is taking some cheap shots at this movie okay then you did a couple of movies that were not the greatest successes in the world. Did you, did you really have a, a point there where you said, oh, wow, you did Saturn Three? I remember. Was that yeah. it? <laughs> That's a good one. And, well, you know, and it didn't and really no, work for you for no. a while. No, an interesting story. The title of that before I, before we finished, right. uh, before I started, was The Helper. The Helper. And it was very interesting. Terrible it was title. about um, 
a, a man manufactured robot who fell in love because he felt the emotions of right. the man who had made him. And it was very interesting, the script, before we started. And then all of a sudden... I don't know what happened. Now, lately you needed the burning bed. Honestly, like, I think what we got is better than what she describes as yeah, the yeah. first draft of the movie. But the title, The Helper, is just... That's a dumb title. But I thought it was funny that he's so harsh that he's just like, you did a bunch of terrible movies after you left that show that you're famous for. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's the whole that's the whole movie, right? Yeah, um, I think what Jesse was talking about earlier was um, it was when it was aired on television, they they reincorporated a bunch of scenes. They put stuff back in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I I won't read the whole list, but there's the massive list of stuff going on outside the space station. Oh, interesting. Uh, Wait, so you're saying that they... I'm sorry, maybe I misread it. So you're saying that they actually added stuff back in when they put it on television? Correct. So we did watch a theatrical release. Correct. I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, there, there's stuff... Uh, uh, it, it's a nice transfer to not be the full version of the movie, I think. Uh, they discuss how how Hector got put back together. They discuss... Uh, uh, or they, I guess they show more of the mutilation of Benson's body. Okay. Uh, and so all this stuff was put back in... For a TV release, which is weird, uh, that you have the actual like more mutilation and gore for the TV. Yeah, version. yeah. Um, the, the yeah, there's something about like Benson sabotages the airlock system to keep Adam outside, uh, hmm. uh, blowing out airlocks and stuff. Like, there's a whole bunch more action pieces. Yeah, there's a lot of weird editing too. Like this, the scene where he's talking to the robot about. Uh, that he's a killer and he's like oh blank that blank that mm-hmm. but there's like a what seems like a day or two later like suddenly we have the same camera angle from him talking to the robot of like him talking to Farrah Fawcett or something else and it's just like that was clearly a part of that previous scene but somehow it ended up here yeah well and you gotta remember this this movie occurs over the course of like 20 some days yeah it takes three weeks to unfold uh, well I think that they probably had a lot of problems because they you know lost a director after they started shooting right that's you know true. so i think that they you know they were kind of trying to make the best of a bad situation what they whatever they had yeah i think what would have helped move the story along is as far as instead of trying to make it seem like they've been there for weeks instead of having this planetoid I'll say I won't say moon moon because they don't really. Well, it's a it's like an asteroid, right? Yeah, because it's it's not it's not a moon of Saturn because they would just call it one what of the it names was called, of the moons. Yeah. Uh, and if it was Saturn three, it was like the third biggest moon. They would call it whatever the third biggest yeah. moon is. Uh, instead of having it be eclipsed by Saturn, they should have just have it like rotate around to the dark side, and then that could have been just like a couple of days versus. 20 some days which seems just like way too long yeah we missed a lot of their character arcs if yeah. this is 22 days and 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 like jesse was saying is like what is the what's going on here what is benson trying to accomplish in all this time other than just building and fine-tuning this robot it would have been interesting like had it become his jack torrance obsession yeah like fine-tuning this robot i'm gonna make this robot perfect because i'm not perfect so this robot has to be perfect but there can only be one Benson. Shining slash 2001 a Space Odyssey parody film, and that is yeah. Passengers. So we've already covered it. <laughs> well, uh, honestly, I was thinking that this movie ha- has some bones to it that that could be good if sure. it was remade. I mean, I think that there's some interesting ideas there about, you know... So much of it is is like beat for beat 2001 a Space Odyssey. Yeah, and, I mean, I like the idea... I mean, I like the idea of, you know, this this... this you know, robot learning to sort of be psychotic and be a killer from from a man, and yeah. you know, and, and and the idea that it it you know develops feelings as such. What and was like, that Russell Crowe movie? Is it Virtuosity? Virtuosity with Denzel Washington, where they <laughs> it's kind of a similar thing where they they mix all the worst serial killers together into a like a virtual reality person, and it comes to life. Yeah, it gets out of the system. Um. Uh, I was reading some things from the Wikipedia here, and apparently the production pre-sold the movie for $4 million to NBC. Right. That's where most of their money came from. Maybe maybe that's why they had to put a bunch of shots back there. And they're like, shoot, we sold a movie for 
Yeah. A lot more money than it's probably worth. uh, Which is like, yeah, that's like the ultimate scam. Yeah. Um, I have to say, too, that I'm pretty sure that Michael Douglas is a clone. Because how do you inherit a voice? Yeah, it is interesting. It's like, it's not possible genetics to inherit the exact same voice of your father. (laughs) If you closed your eyes and listened to Kirk Douglas talk, it is Michael Douglas's voice. It, it, like I, I just could not get over it. Uh, uh, it was really bothersome to me. I was just like, I can't believe how much they sound alike. That's funny. It's it's crazy too to think that uh, Michael Douglas is older now than Kirk Douglas was in that movie. Yeah, and, and Kirk, yet Kirk Douglas is still around. Still around. Still. Alive. I mean, he might not be by the time this episode posts, but presently he's still around. He's like 102, and he's a murderer. <coughs> Uh, and because of him being a murderer, the director of this film is Stanley Donnan, who is probably best known for his work directing Charade or Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the writer was Martin Amos. This is his only screenplay. Everything else that he uh, has writing credits for were based on novels, or he just got a story credit. He didn't actually write the screenplay. Yeah, because I, I see him as a writer for London Fields. Which is incredible. It just came out, right? Is there oh, recently, it, like last yeah, couple years? Yeah, within the last year. I mean, it was it was held for, for a long, long time. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, because um, Amber Heard, they, they wanted her to do more nudity. Oh, and she, she heard that? And, and uh, she she didn't want to do it. <laughs> so they got body doubles and just intercut. For all the nudity? Yeah, they, and they just intercut it with her. And apparently that's like some kind of contract violation about doubling mm-hmm. you know you, you have to talk to me about that and they didn't mm-hmm. and they're trying to pass it off as her so she tried to hold up the production huh. and and like all kinds of people were like trying to sue but i guess it all got settled and it finally got released to terrible reviews uh but you just have the double replace her in the rest of the movie <laughs> then you don't need Amber. <laughs> then you're done um but the other writer uh credited writer is john barry um, who, like we said, uh, was a did mostly production design. He worked on Clockwork Orange, uh, Superman's one and two, Star Wars four and five, and then passed away of uh, viral meningitis on the set of. But oddly enough, did not do the production design on this movie. Right. Uh, Stuart Craig did the production design on this movie, and he's still working today. He did all the Harry Potter movies. Hmm. Uh, he did. Uh, Looking at the, the mission, uh, Memphis Bell, Chaplin, uh, Mary what Riley. Is the mission is that the one? It's a Roland Joffe with Robert De Niro. Oh, okay. But yeah, he's still he. This is his first, the production designer's first credit as oh, a production designer. Um, he was probably like John Barry's assistant and got stepped up for this it, movie. It must be because because uh, the sets for this again, I can't. They're stress amazing. enough how, how great this film was. It's like Bond level stuff, the the work that they did. Um, well, I think I think some one of the things that happened was um, their budget got cut way back. So they, once they had already started, or? yeah, once they had started, so they were they were in production and another film that this this company was producing that ITC was producing was. Uh, raise the titanic did right. really poorly yeah and then they cut the budget back so i imagine that they had built these beautiful sets and then had to you know do scale everything yeah scale back. scale back the movie as best they could with well whatever we'll, we'll cuts cover raise the titanic later too i have that one so it's coming later in 1980 um farrah fawcett played alex here you obviously know her from charlie's angels or logan run logan's oh. run mm-hmm. sorry raise the titanic i'm sorry it didn't it didn't do poorly it uh it went over budget oh okay that, that makes sense yeah um and uh farrah fawcett is also in cannonball run next year um for us not for you guys sorry um kirk douglas was adam still alive somehow elderly ant man's dad I know him mostly. I, the first thing I always go to is Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the same, Sea. Same here. But Spartacus is probably a very close second. Yeah, I think this is the first movie I've seen him in. So. Oh okay. Yeah my my opinion of him is not very high currently. Yeah, you haven't <laughs> seen It Runs in the Family. No. Nobody did. Yeah. Uh, it was Kirk Douglas, Michael Douglas, and Michael Douglas's son, who I think has since like dropped out of acting. Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. Um, but. Uh, I know, like Spartacus is the more famous, obviously, of 
the movies that we the Twenty Thousand Leagues between sure. the two. But Twenty Thousand Leagues, I think, just because like Disney was so prominent in our yeah. childhood, like because VHS had come out, and, and I like his the songs that he sings in. Oh that yeah, movie too. So many great people in that movie. I need to rewatch it. It's been too long. Um, Harvey Keitel as Benson, obviously probably best known for his Tarantino roles, but he's mm-hmm. been in a lot of Scorsese stuff too, and uh, the original Bad Lieutenant. Um, but it, for Tarantino, he was the Wolf, and he was Mister White, and then I, the, I love that he wanted to just be the pimp in uh, Taxi Driver. In Taxi Driver, mm-hmm. yeah. Like like he actually asked to 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 play that role. Like originally yeah. he was supposed to be, I think, a black man, and he was like, wait, no, 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 I really want. I this. want to be this guy. That's cool. Um, okay, so up or down? What do you yeah, think, don't, Jess? Don't bother. This is an up for me. <laughs> uh, I, I I definitely recommend at least watching this movie. I think I'm going to go up also on this one. Really? Yeah. I think it's worth it just for the killer robot. Uh, that's, that's enough for me. I'm a simple man. I have simple needs. One of those needs is a killer robot. And one of those needs is a robot erection. <laughs> Everybody could use one. Um, letterboxed uh so i put this one after midnight madness but just ahead of uh what was the killer santa movie uh to, to all, all good, good night. night ahead of to all a good night okay uh so i guess this is gonna take up my number four spot whoa wow so, you were whoa. excited about this one uh so it should be uh my brilliant career uh, and then Mad Max, The Fog, and then Saturn. Wow, 3. Okay. that's pretty high. I rather watch Saturn three again than again. How I'm doing this is like, would I rather watch this again? And I rather watch Saturn three than American Gigolo. Yeah, okay. Um, I think it's also, uh, for me, slotting into the number four spot. Our lists look very different, but um, or no, I guess five, the fifth slot. I'm gonna put this just below Caligula, but above Midnight Madness. So, my my top five right now are Mad Max, The Fog, My Brilliant Career, Caligula, and this. Fascinating. You guys have a much higher opinion of this movie than I did. It's just fun. It's fun and it's crazy. I think that's everything for this one. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share, we are Vintage Video Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Or as I've said before, you can find each of our full movie rankings for the year. Check us out at vintagevideopodcast.com please consider rating us on itunes to help new people find the show and if you take the time to leave us a review we will thank you personally in an upcoming episode if you're feeling especially generous you can also support the show through patreon.com slash vintage video podcast thank you so much for listening and i hope you'll join us next time when we will be discussing don't answer the phone which imdb describes as a deeply disturbed vietnam veteran terrorizes the young women of los angeles and taunts a radio psychologist with descriptions of his grisly crimes. I would say that that is inaccurate. Yeah. Uh, we leave you now with the trailer for Don't Answer the Phone. Run if you must. Hello, operator. It's an emergency. Can you help me? Hide if you can. Scream <laughs> if you are able. Who's there? But above all, if you are alone. Don't answer the phone. He is out there, somewhere in the crowd, behind you, beside you, ready to kill again. No attempt to conceal the body. It's almost like he wanted to be discovered. The nurse, the starlet, the student, the secretary. I am frightened of you. What does that do to you? All men I killed and raped them all. No one can stop me. You recognize this person? Because I'm too strong. Answer the phone. Rated R. 